Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of AUHSC Future Talks. I'm your host, uh, Michael Matsuda, the superintendent of the Anaheim Union High School District. And as our 7,000-plus podcast listeners know that this show is dedicated to our students and their futures. And uh, today we have an amazing teacher leader guest, uh, one of our very own, Tyler Sherman. Tyler, say hi to our audience Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. So as you know, Tyler, we always start with what is your calling? Give us a little bit of background of who you are and how you became a teacher and why you became a teacher. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, I think my calling, honestly, is to serve and specifically serve young people. I think if, you know, if we really take, you know, pull the curtain back and go go back further, I think it all kind of stems from when I was in high school myself. and thinking that, you know, education didn't necessarily work for me. Um, I went to a good high school or, you know, traditionally good high school. I, but it was very um, teach the test. It was very, um, you know, sit there and listen. And then, you know, a lot of, a lot of lecturing. And I never really excelled or, you know, really found myself in that type of environment. So I always kind of felt like, oh, you know, maybe this education thing, or maybe I'm not that smart, you know, it's not for me. But it wasn't until college and even really getting my credential where I started learning about things that I liked. And, you know, it was during that moment I started coaching. And when I started coaching, that was where I was like, wow, like that the, we always talk about in education, right? Those light bulb moments where it's like you, you're helping, you know, a young, a young athlete or a young student. And, you know, that moment clicks and that that feeling that I got was something I was like, oh, this is this is what I I want that feeling again. And you know, I, that's where I kind of got into education, but really too, I think it's to disrupt the system if we're being completely honest. And it's like, how do we break up traditional education? So it can serve all students, not just specific pockets of students. You know, and it's so difficult to disrupt the system, the bureaucracy that, uh, really promotes, uh, the status quo, and you you shared earlier that you you're going for your doctorate. Uh, we won't mention which university or which professor, but a little bit of disappointment in terms of the the teaching and preparing of future educational administrators. Could you just share a little bit about that experience and how it contrasts with your experience in uh, the Anaheim Union High School District? Yeah, so I recently uh, went through my doctoral process and, you know, I, I had incredible mentors in my life, you know, in, who I, I kind of seek counsel with. And I, I did grow frustrated that it was we were taking courses at times that were very like that, that status quo, that traditional education where it was like assessment, testing. And this is kind of like how like the future of education and you know, it, it, it's frustrating because that's not where, what I believe in. I think that it's not equitable or just for all students to, you know, have this idea of teaching to this one idea of a test is going to determine if someone is ready. And, you know, I, I'll actually, I'll share it. So even from my, my personal experience becoming a teacher, right, I, we have to take what we call a CSET, which is our subject matter test, right? And I've always struggled with, with standardized testing. So when I was getting even my teaching credential, I had I had to take that CSET, I think, three times, one of them, to pass, which, you know, is kind of embarrassing to say to our 7,000 listeners. But 
that's my reality, right? But the idea is that I think like I I have I'm a good teacher. I feel that, and I've I've had success teaching. But ultimately, this test could have been the reason why I couldn't have gotten where I got I, I I'm I'm at now. And I think that's the same situation for a lot of our students when you know SATs were so high and you know getting like t- taking specific standardized tests gets you to the next level that doesn't determine one's worth or ability and i think it's it's a dangerous system and I, i'm happy that in auhsd we're we're steering away from that you know it's interesting an article came out recently um uh, that the president of the carnegie foundation now is questioning the utility of the carnegie unit that's over 100 years old. The Carnegie unit, for those of uh, folks in who may not know, that really is the driver of everything in high school as well as in college. That's how they, they and, and 100 years ago, they tried to equate the hours in school with an actual like unit, a credit. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow, magically, that uh, is supposed to be, <laughs> like if you spend so many hours in class, you should have, uh, so much math or history or whatever. And that, unfortunately, according to the president of the Carnegie Foundation 100 years later, is so outdated and antiquated in terms of where education needs to go if the United States is going to be uh, a world leader um, in, in, with respect to the economy and uh, in, in, in education. What are your what are your thoughts about that? I mean, you're a classroom teacher who's t- and and we're going to head into a little bit of this virtual academy that you're part of too. But um, can you comment briefly from a classroom teacher this uh, debate around the Carnegie Unit? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I kind of chuckled when you started saying that that this is something that's a hundred years old. And I, and I think that's one of our the biggest issues or the biggest barriers with education when we talked about disrupting the system is like this system has been kind of going in this cycle for many, many years. And it's it's not evolving always with society. Um, so when I when I start thinking about, you know, even as a classroom teacher and X amount of minutes and all these different things, you know, in a traditional setting is I don't think that it's necessary. I think communicating collaborating with your peers, I think engaging in topics that you're passionate about, um, that have service, like sort service oriented projects, that's where skill building comes. Because are the internships, internships that we lead Orange County in too. Exactly. It's it's getting students prepared for life, right? So I think we always get caught up and I'm not discounting the importance of subject matter. I know subject matter matters. Right. But it's it's teaching them this like subject matter. I always say, or those technical skills, if you will, that gets you in the door, but it's, it's all those soft skills or those 24th century skills or what we call the five C's. That's what gets you propelled in, in job and actually prepared to be successful in career or college. So I, I think like I, I get, I don't like when we get so concentrated on, Oh, you need X amount of time and this content talking about these standards, where it's like, no, is that going to prepare me for my work at wherever? And I don't, I don't know. It's the skills, though, of those, you know, five C's that I think will actually propel well, me. 
And, and specifically, it's like critical thinking, right? Because like you can argue that all of the content is in a phone, but it's it's the key is how how do you ask the phone, right? To, I mean, you have to learn to ask the right questions, exactly. and you have to learn to sort of connect the dots with all the data that's out there to, to look at patterns, right? That's more of the critical thinking stance. And I think also too, we're trying to push. Uh, applied learning and problem solving, using the content to apply and problem solve some of these um, tremendous challenges to face facing this generation. Yeah. And I mean, I think even, I mean, the biggest topic right now going around, it's at every kind of dinner table is chat GPT, right? right. And it's this incredible resource and it's going to continue to grow and improve. But ultimately, like you said, it's still for it to be a very functional applied, like, resource for us is we have to learn to ask it the right questions. And when we, when we actually figure out how to ask it the right questions, that's where the technology will really benefit, hopefully, everyone. So I wanted to pivot to um, this another article that came out in the business world uh, through McKinsey uh, talking about the three horizons, because this, this is something in business they talk about. Um, Horizon one, horizon two, horizon three, right? And and twenty years ago, it, it it was all about how businesses can innovate. And they, horizon one was basically what you can do in three to six months, kind of like a a car tune up, right? If your if your business was a car, horizon two is like six months to three years, and that's sort of like a a transmission change, right? And horizon three was, you know, maybe three years to six years out um, designing a new car, right? And this article that just came out said no longer can businesses afford the time to the horizon one and two are obsolete. Uh, Tesla made that obsolete. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Netflix made that obsolete. Uh, there's so many examples now. Uber made that obsolete. And horizon three is about... How do you innovate and with existing technology to create a new way of transforming what you're doing? And I would argue that AUHSD is operating in Horizon 3. We are an innovative district. Mm -hmm. And what we've done is partnered with a nonprofit uh, called eCadence and um, using existing technology, right, we've been able to co-create a new way of doing this thing called education. And Tyler, you're one of the lead uh, trainers for the district uh, for eCadence. Can you comment on this in the lens that I just uh, explained? Yeah, I mean, I think eCadence often gets referred to as, you know, an LMS or a learning management system. But I think for us and for eCadence, it's so much more than that. So I, I think it does all the features of an LMS, but it has the potential to do so much more. So like when, you, when you're when you talking about this third horizon, it's using that existing technology and then propelling it, right? So that's why I'm like, I don't even think you can call us an LMS because we're using that, but we're actually taking it a step further, right? So with eCadence, and I think you you touched on it, and I want, I want to really emphasize the fact that they are a nonprofit, right? So, so, so many of these kind of um, learning management systems or even tech school tools are very, um, are all for profit. 
and that drives their decisions, right? Which application is going to drive the most revenue? And what I love about eCadence and then our partnership and what we're able to do is this was really designed and um, like the features that you see in it were because of the collaboration with AUHSD teachers, faculty, parents, and students. And so we've been able to create this centralized system that keeps us connected no matter where you're at. Um, we're able to collect data that informs instruction. And then most importantly for me as a classroom teacher, right? So I teach in two different type of worlds, right? I teach in person and I teach in a virtual school. So even in my in-person class, I'm using eCadence every single day because it saves me time and it's efficient, right? And in, it's, we're able to leverage the system to provide better feedback to our students, to provide better collaboration between peers, to provide better collaboration between teacher and student. And it's a way that I can get to know my, my student at a deeper level through, you know, maybe one-on-one -on -one discussion boards or anonymous discussion boards, right? I always talk about, and people say, well, an LMS is probably for, you know, an online learning environment, but think about it in the classroom, right? And this is, I think, what we're doing and how we're teaching through a, such a resource like this is in the classroom, you know, we're going around, the conversation goes quick, right? And sometimes students have a lot to say. They just need a little bit more time to think. So leveraging and teaching through an LMS or teaching through this, this resource that we have with eCadence allows those students that just need a little bit extra time for their voice to be heard, right? So they can think, they can type it out, we can do it in different manners, anonymous. We can do it as a one-on-one. -on -one. We could do it as a whole class. But what it does is it allows me as a teacher now to assess my students' skills so I can better inform their teaching and potential outcomes. So, yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying is how do we you take existing technology and amplify it so we can actually we can continue to progress? So I'm really interested in this new way of looking at teaching and learning. And fortunately, we were bringing in another partner, UC Irvine, through a grant uh, funded by the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation on looking at how to capture uh, deeper learning metrics, we call it the five Cs, and a student profile to create what we call a three-dimensional transcript, right? It's not just grades, but looking at these deeper skills. Could you um, share with the audience uh, the work that you've been involved with, with the pilot of capturing this, um, the, these 5C skills? Perfect, yeah. So I, I, I think that, that again is how this, how eCadence is, we're leveraging this technology to again now inform decision-making, but also give, I always say our students, this competitive advantage, if you will. So what we've done is we started a pilot and we're looking at different, you know, groups or cohorts around our district to where our teachers can help tag or assess the 5C skills in their students, right? We see our students every single day, right? We spend more time with our students sometimes than even their parents, their parents or guardians do. We know them. And there's this concept where we've been, we've been battling back and forth of like, what is the best way to measure 5Cs? And it's complicated. So we, you know, through different um, thought partners, um, we with Inflection and this, this gentleman named Matt Coleman and Amanda Kwan and all these groups of people, we got together 
And it was like, hey, wait, there's something like informed intuition, right? So what if we as teachers just went through very quickly and was like, student A, where do they fall in the five C's and amongst a, a scale, right? Emerging, progressing, excelling. Very, very simple. And just go through, boom, first thing you think of. And the idea is that if we get a cohort of teachers that that student shares, how calibrated is it going to be? So what we did at Magnolia and through our cybersecurity freshman uh, cohort is we went through that process, right? And it was amazing on how calibrated we were. It only took us five to seven minutes, so very quick. But it also- For an entire class, right? For an entire class, yeah. Because it's, it's boom, it's informed intuition, we're going quick. But what was beautiful about it, it was not only did we see that, okay, we are aligned, we are seeing the same things for the most part, but it was the times where we weren't. So there were situations where, you know, maybe three teachers had a student in critical thinking or creativity, for example, under emerging, but one student or one teacher had them excelling. So that informs us, right? So it's like, what are you doing in your class that is allowing you to see our, like this student excel? And we had our students reflect as well so we could read their reflections. And I remember one of the, the students reflected that through writing, it's easier for her to show her critical thinking. And I was like, okay, as a science teacher, and it was the English teacher who said excelling. So I was like, that makes sense. So maybe in my class, I need to provide the student more opportunities to write so I can see that skill or help develop that skill. And what's beautiful about eCadence and how we're leveraging this technology is that we have the ability to differentiate education. So I can give an assignment, for example, and you and I and you know another person could all be doing something slightly different. So it's a way that we can differentiate and assess our students and uh, continue to kind of build their skills, but also pick them up where they where they need to, you know, maybe improve. But just but, as importantly, Tyler, isn't it also that the students assessing themselves too through this lens of the five C's? Could you comment on that and how important that is for a student to have agency in education? Um, yeah, completely. So. I, I think that what always gets lost, right, in many districts, right, they have they have drivers or they say they have drivers. But I think in AUHSD, what we do a good job with is that we really do teach through our five C's. So if that if we're saying as a district, you know, from the top, the top uh, down, right, that the five C's are where we drive through, it's it makes no sense for our students not to reflect on those. Right. So what we have now in eCadence is I can have any assignment and I can have my students do a skills reflection. So if I tag critical thinking in the assignment, they can reflect on their critical thinking. But it's that reflection process that helps keep them informed and helps keep them thinking through the lens that we're teaching through. So then they can start understanding how we're teaching and we can start understanding how they're learning. And it's, it's through that process where I think actual deeper learning takes place. And this is what UC Irvine is interested in because already we're showing promise with our longitudinal data and that our, our students are outperforming all of their districts at UC Irvine and at Cal State. Okay. So I think they're, uh, we're really excited about this project. Completely. 
In a few minutes left, I, I, you mentioned you're also a teacher at a virtual academy, Cambridge Virtual Academy. Could you explain what that's all about? Yeah, so Cambridge Virtual Academy is an online academy that is uh, all classes are done uh, through our, our through Cadence virtually. Um, it is a alternative education that I think is provides our students with flexibility. And what I love about teaching at CVA is it pulls teachers from across the district, right? So we have we have two teachers who are, are full-time CVA teachers. They're our lead teachers and they're incredible. But all of our other teachers teach at a, in a traditional home site and also teach at CVA. So what that does is we we get so many perspectives, right? And we get us all in the room and we have different experiences and we can kind of propel and learn from each other. But at CVA, it is this built-in flexibility, right? To where we're not tied to specific bell schedules. We're not tied to, you know, specific times and things we have to do things at. So it allows us to teach as teachers to collaborate on some pretty unique opportunities and for our students to connect in unique opportunities. One thing I, I do want to point out, because I am the ASB director at CVA as well, and although we are a virtual academy, we do have in-person activities. We do have, you know, events. We do have parties. We do have dances. We have all those things, right? But through this flexibility, I do want to talk on a few, like we're able to have these amazing partnerships. So in an English class, for example, you could be collaborating on an assignment with students in Germany. In my science class, you could be doing a civic action project with students in Bolivia, or, you know, you could be working with our, our other partners in China. Like it, it allows us this flexibility to do these really innovative things because we have the built-in structures and time to do it. You know, we started this uh, conversation with sort of this um, critique of the um, Carnegie unit and how that's 100 years old. Much of education is 100 plus years old. So, you know, what we're doing with Cambridge Virtual Academy and with our partnership with the Cadence is really pushing the envelope of what's possible. So in the, in the uh, I guess the last question, Tyler, is what would you say to uh, folks outside of the district, what makes AUHSD different from a traditional educational experience? I mean, that, that's a loaded question. And I think there's a lot of things that make us different, but I think ultimately it comes down to where we teach to the whole child, right? We teach to all students and we're there to get them prepared for, for, for college or career. And we really focus on their purpose and their identity, right? So I think I started this podcast talking about how high school didn't work for me. And when I graduated high school, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and it took me time, right? And that time is valuable. We know that. So we're able to graduate our students from AUHSD with the ability for them to know a little bit more about who they are, what drives them, 
We have so many AIM opportunities where they have work experience. So they're going out and they're starting, you know, life after graduation, even at 18 years old, right? But they're they're prepared and they're ready and they're they're ahead of some of their other, you know, maybe neighboring districts. I don't want to name name them or anything like that, but they're ahead because they're focusing on testing and getting them ready to get into, you know, maybe a, a UC or whatever it is. That's the focus. We're getting them prepared for life. And I think when we start getting them in prepared for life, not only like you mentioned earlier, our longitudinal data shows that they're ready for college, but it also shows that they're ready for to stay in college, not just get in. And they're not only ready to get a job, they're ready to excel in that job. And I think that's that's what we do different. We prepare them to actually know who they are when they leave AUHSD. Well, Tyler, what a mic drop and what a way to end this uh, brief, too brief uh, interview and discussion on behalf of our students and especially our amazing teachers. You are amazing, Tyler. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I do. I do want to say I know I know we we're out of time here, but I, I appreciate, you know, the the district and district leadership for for giving us giving teachers and everyone a voice and allowing us, you know, the opportunity to seek out our own interests, too. Right. It's not just our students. It's our teachers. We're able to, you know, eCadence is a passion of mine now. I believe in them. I believe in you know, what it's doing for students, but you also give us the platform for me to, to go seek that out, go be a, a lead trainer. So I appreciate you um, leading us and, and you know, all, all the, the district leadership.